Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. The title of my message today is In the Circle. In the Circle. It will, oh, I left my notes. And it's very important that we understand that life is all about circles, right? Some circles you're in, some circles you're not. You know, like we all wish we knew what was going on in the government all the time, right? I'm not in the circle, you're not in the circle, we don't know, right? Sometimes there's decisions happening that we're not part of because we're not in that circle. Other circles you are part of, right? And so my message today is in the circle. And so I want you to think about your circle. Think about the people that you call friends, right? I've been very blessed, thank God, to have like the same circle of friends for, I don't want to say how long, like, dang, like 17 years or something like that, 16 years, um, all of which are most, all of which are in church, most of which are here today. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but, um, we, <laughs> we've grown up together, right? And so me and my sister, we've always been very different. I don't, some of you here know my sister. Some of you that are in my circle of friends know my sister. And we're, we've always been very different, right? She's always been like more spontaneous and like the life of the party. And I was responsible. And I had fun at the party, but then I went home. She was like the last one at the party, right? And growing up, I had my circle of friends, and it was always the same people. And it took a lot for someone to be part of my circle of friends. My sister, on the other hand, I don't think she really understood what the word friends means, right? Because she would come home every day from school. She's like, oh, look at my best friend. I'm like, your best friend? (laughs) I've never seen this person before in my life, right? And then like two weeks later, she would come with another best friend. And I'm like, who are these people? Like, she just brings people in from the street. And her best friends were always like, people I'll be like, in my spirit, I'm like, I don't feel peace. I don't feel peace, right? She's like, and when she was, because she's younger than me, she'd be like, BFF number one, BFF number two, BFF number three. And I'm like, that doesn't, that's not what friendship is, right? And today, all her BFF number one, two, three, and four, they're not there. She has new BFFs, right? And the same people that were my BFFs, which I never use that word, guys. I'm sorry. This is like a little bit embarrassing. I never were like, was like, hey, my BFF, you know? But I'm going to tell you something. We do have a group chat that's called the BFF. So <laughs> I didn't create it. I'm part of it. But um, what does it mean? Like best friends for life or something, <laughs> right? Forever. Um, so let me show you guys. This is a little embarrassing, but this is a couple of pictures. Pam is missing here. Ashley's missing. Well, Ashley's right there. Um, I don't. Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, take it off. <laughs> no, just kidding. Is there another one? I hope not. That's it. Okay, take it off, please. So it was really hard for me to find a picture with all of us together 
because all of my BFFs are really good at taking pictures, but I'm not, right? I'm like, I live in the moment. And then I'm like, man, I wish I would have took a picture, you know? I asked Lorena, I'm like, hey, do you have a picture of us? She's like, were you at my graduation? I'm like, yeah, I was there. She's like, you're not in any pictures. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, did you go to New York with us? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> you're not in the pictures. I'm like, man, I need to get better at that, you know? And so think about your circle of friends, right? Because that's what I want to talk about today. Because it's very important that you understand that biblical, the biblical word for friendship is so different than the world definition of friendship, right? My sister's definition of friendship is more like the world. It's like, hey, you're my friend, you're my friend, right? I align with the Bible. I love everybody. But for you to be my friend, it, like, we have to have been through some stuff together, you know? I need to know you. I can't be having you in my house, knowing my secrets, if I don't know that you are trustworthy. Have you guys ever seen the movie Meet the Parents? Yeah, no, some of you are very young. So one of the scenes is Robert De Niro, he's like, now you're in the circle of trust, right? And that's how I am. I'm very like paranoid, I'm like, okay. If you're gonna be in my circle of trust, you need to prove that you're trustworthy. Are you guys like that? Raise your hand. Yeah, no, some? But God is like that, right? And so today I wanna talk about being in the circle, but my question to you is, are you in God's circle? I'm a little bit out of breath, because <laughs> I'm pregnant, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm like, <laughs> um, and I want to talk about Abraham. I feel like I just climbed up Montserrat. <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> I want to talk about Abraham, right? If I mention someone to you, what are you going to get me? Uh oh, I thought you were going to get me one of those, like, <laughs> what are those called? <laughs> I don't even know. No, you know, like, inhaler. <laughs> um, when I talk about someone, right, someone that you know, you can think of characteristics of them, right? So like when I think of my friends, I can think of their characters, characteristics right away. So sometimes I go shopping, not often, and um, <laughs> I'll see like a, a piece of clothes and I'll just be like, that looks like it belongs to Black Ashley. Like it's just flowers and long and I'm like, it has like black and pink flowers, and I'm like, that's something that I could see her wearing, you know? Or Jocelyn, who's laughing there in the front, you know? You see something very extravagant, I'm like, Jocelyn would wear that, you know? One time we went to New York, we're gonna go bike riding in Central Park. Bike riding, thank you. We're gonna go bike riding in Central Park. You guys wanna know what she wore? I'm gonna tell you first what I wore. <laughs> I wore jeans and sneakers and a t-shirt, my uniform, right? Jocelyn shows up in fishnet stockings with high heels, a skirt that's like this wide, and a hat. And I'm like, hey, we're going bike riding to Central Park. And she's like, hey. I don't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> I'm like, what? 
why didn't you tell us that before we bought the Groupon, you know? And so we're like, okay, listen to my idea. And then you're going to like, be like, why did you say that? Then I was like, okay, well, they have tandem bikes, you know, bikes that have two seats. We can get one of those because I'm a really good bike rider. We went to Central Park to ride this bike. I don't know if you guys have been to New York, to Central Park. There's like parts that are flat, but there's parts that are like, you have to go up. And then to get from the bike spot to the park, it's a lot of traffic. So this girl in her fishnet stockings and her skirt sits on the seat and we're riding and we're riding. And I'm like sweating. I'm, so, I'm like, what is happening? We're going up and I'm sweating. And I look back and Jocelyn's like this. She wasn't even pedaling. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, she was like side saddling the bike with her skirt. I'm like, Jocelyn, I need help. <laughs> you're, you're heavy, man. I'm sweating. And I was so mad. And then like this photographer stopped us and she's like, how can I take a picture of you guys? And I'm like sweating and she's like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course you look good. You didn't just ride the bike for 20 miles. You know, and so when you think of people, you can think of their characteristics, right? And when we think of Abraham, the Bible has three specific characteristics of Abraham. The first thing that we know of Abraham is that he is a father of faith, right? The Bible says it over and over again. He is the father of faith. The second thing we know about Abraham is that he is the father of multitudes, right? God changed his name from Abram to Abraham and said, you will be a father of multitudes. But the third thing that we know about Abraham is that Abraham was God's friend. Amen? And this is the only person in the whole Bible of whom this is said. Isn't that crazy? Out of all the amazing people in the Bible, some of these people didn't even die. Like, they got raptured into heaven. But of all these people... The Bible says that Abraham was God's friend. Not only does the Bible say that, God himself, in Isaiah 41, verse 8, speaking of Abraham, says, and Abraham, my friend. Right? Isn't that a huge privilege to be like, man, God thinks I'm his friend, you know? That's amazing. And so Abraham was God's friend. How did he become God's friend, right? Because... Like I was mentioning earlier, friendship is a position that has to be earned, right? Not just anyone can come up and be like, hey, friend. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, hey, person I just met, you know? But friendship, you have to earn friendship. And how did Abraham earn that friendship? How is it that he, out of all the people, became known as God's friend? Let's find out, right? In... Genesis chapter 18, we're going to be reading. And so, you know, friendship is very important. It's a very important position. You have to earn it, like I said, right? Um, what are some things I'm going to ask? I don't want to be like, I'm going to be a little bit like Pastor Caesar. <laughs> what are, I'm going to ask the guys, right? Because when Josh and me were like getting to know each other, he had to become my friend. And just, as I just mentioned, it wasn't super easy, right? 
I wasn't like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, right? But he had to become my friend, and he was good at it. He had to earn that friendship. So, guys, I'm going to ask some of the guys here. What do you do? Please don't be creepy, okay? Because, <laughs> like, don't make me regret putting you on the mic. You're like, oh, I sent her flowers. You know, like, I'm going to give you guys some advice. Uh, girls, you got to be a normal friend. Because if you freak us out, we won't talk to you anymore. So, you know, Josh would always be like, hey, what's up? And I would go play basketball. He would go play basketball. I was hanging out with my friends. He would come. He wasn't weird at all, right? So, Edwin, what did you do to become Pam's friend? Edwin has been my friend for a long time. He can't hide anything from me because I went to high school with Edwin. I met him when he was, like, 16. So, Edwin, what did you do to become Pam's friend? The thing is, we were... Sorry, Pam just said, let him know. <laughs> the thing is, like, we were, like, just regular friends for so long that when it came time to, like, um... No, no, but before you be proceeded, how did you become her friend? I don't even remember. Well, it was around, I guess you could say, yeah, same friends. Yeah, same circle, so we just kind of, like, became Okay, did you guys spend time together? What? If he says no, he's lying. We used to be at four in the morning at Pancombe State. Yeah, yes, we did. Yeah, we did. What about, Pam, now we're going to find out the truth. We were in the same circle, but Edwin always was that friend that always needed a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they had extra quality time together, okay. <laughs> Let's see, who else can I ask? Should I ask Juanpe? Juanpe, how did you become Joey's friend? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, we were in church, like in the band, we were like spending time together. Um, and I remember when we f became like really, really good friends, it was like back when, we, back when we had a meeting at 10 a.m. and then one at 6 p.m. on Sundays. So we would spend time with the whole band the whole afternoon, like have lunch, then like what do we do for two more hours and like just spend time and, and we had like the same interest. So that All right, good. Round of applause. Guys, you taking notes? So spending time, right? Now after you guys became friends, you guys were a little bit like more nice, right? Edwin? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I hope so, or else Pam will tell me. No, I'm just kidding, right? And Josh was the same way. He became my friend. Like, listen to what these two guys said. They had to spend time with each other, right? Friendship doesn't develop without spending time. And that's exactly what we see with Abraham, right? We're going to read chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. It says, are you guys ready? The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed down low to the ground. And he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way. 
now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. And so Abraham ran and hurried quickly to the tent to Sarah and said, quick, get three sheaves of fine flour and knead it and bake it and make some bread. And then he ran to the herd and selected the best tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. And then he brought some curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set them before them. While they ate, he stood nearby under a tree watching. Now, I know you guys are like, what is happening there? Here, what's happening, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of like Bible lesson. In the Old Testament, we find certain times when Jesus appears on the scene. What theologians call this is a Christophany, right? When Jesus comes and he's there, and you'll see certain moments when the Bible says, son of man, speak, right? When Jacob saw that the angel was near, and then he says, I have seen the face of God, right? And there's, there's different moments. And here, this is one of these moments. It's a Christophany where Jesus appears on the scene, him with two other angels. And you know what's interesting? The first thing we see in these verses is that Abraham looked and he saw the three men and he recognized that it was God, right? That's the first thing. You have to be able to recognize your friends. That implies that Abraham knew God, right? You don't recognize, have you ever met like a bunch of, John was just talking about the conference. When you go to the conference, you meet a bunch of people that look all, like there's people from every corner of the world there. And then you go back the next year and they're like, hey, and you're like, hey, sister, what's up, you know? You don't remember who they are, right? Because you haven't seen them. You met them once, you didn't see them for a year, and now you're seeing them again. It's the same thing with God, right? If we encounter God once, then we don't speak to him for a long period of time. When he shows up, how are you supposed to recognize that it's God? Right? But Abraham recognized that God was there. And he ran and he hurried to serve him. Right? He hurried to serve him because he knew it was God. He was humble. It says that he bowed down low and he prepared the best that he had for God. So it was his priority to give God the best. And he was sensitive to God's voice. Right? If you read the story of Abraham, he was always like, He's like, bye, Sarah. And he would go out into the field and look at the sky and just spend hours and hours and hours with God. And God would speak to him, and he would speak to God, right? How many times we go to prayer? I don't know if you guys do this. When I first became a Christian and you're preparing your book of dreams, your goals, and you're like, my goal is to pray half an hour every day, right? And you're like, <laughs> and you're like my chapters. I'm going to read two chapters every day. And you're praying you're like, I've got to have prayed like an hour already. Then you open your eyes and you pray for like five minutes. You're like, what's happening? <laughs> like, I can't like, you know, that, look at Abraham. He would spend hours, sometimes days with God, just speaking to God, listening to God. That's how you develop a friendship, right? I always remember, you know, like I said, when we were growing up as friends, we would go out, like, I, I was telling some people in my group, because, like, they're a little bit younger than me. I'm not going to disclose how many years. And we have our, our discipleship meeting on Sundays. And 
They're like, okay, one by one. They're like, I'm going to go home now. I'm tired. I'm like, you're 21. <laughs> like, what's happening? You know, like when I was your age, I used to work all day, go to school all night, do ministry in the nighttime, and then go out and have fun all night till 4 in the morning, and then get up and do it all over again the whole week, right? We would spend hours, like, we would go without money to restaurants and share one plate. It was so embarrassing, but it wasn't that embarrassing because we were young, so we were like, whatever. We are like, hey, can we get, like, loaded nachos, right? There was, like, 10 of us, and we just ordered one appetizer, and we would sit there for, like, seven hours talking. I think the waiters were probably like, gosh, these people. And then we would, like, be like, who's going to leave the tip? And we'd all leave, like, $1, like, you know? We would spend hours and hours talking, right? We didn't know what time it was. One time, we spent so much time together that some of us, I'm not going to say which ones, got in trouble, right? It was Thanksgiving, and we spent the whole night together. And then when some of us had to go drop the other ones off, the parents of the other ones were like, where were you? It's 7 in the morning the next day. And we're like, we lost track of time. One time I dropped off Ed when his mom was waiting outside. I was like, oh, Edwin, you better jump out. <laughs> it was like two days later. <laughs> his I was like, Edwin, jump. You jump and I'm going to keep going. I was so scared of his mom, you know, because we used to spend all this time together. That's how friendship develops, right? How can we expect to be friends with God if we don't spend time with him, right? And so here in this story, we see that Abraham spent so much time with God. And there's this saying that I abide by. It's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I want you guys to say that to your neighbor. It's not what you know. It's who you know, right? Because you can have, like this is true of any job. For those of you who are younger, networking is super important. You can have all the knowledge in the world. If you don't know anybody, how are you going to get a job, right? It's the same thing. You can know all, so many things, but if you don't know God, all that knowledge is irrelevant, Right? And so there's certain benefits that come with being a friend of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. The benefits of being God's friend. The first thing that we see, it's in the same chapter. So Abraham prepares this food for them. Now my cup of tea, some like a calf and some milk. A little weird. But he prepared it. And then in verse 9. Right? I want you guys to see what's happening in verse 9. Here Jesus speaks and he says, Where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Amen? The first benefit that we see from being a friend of God is that it speeds up and confirms God's promises. It speeds up and confirms God's promises. From the moment Abraham was called, from the moment Abraham left his land, God had told him, I'm going to make you a father 
and Abraham and Sarah were like, we can't have kids. Plus, we're very old. And time passed by, so much time passed by. But here we see that because Abraham was God's friend, the Lord said to him, you know what, where is your wife? He's like, oh, she's over there. By this time next year, after they've waited decades, the Lord says to him, by this time next year, your wife will have a son. God's promises get sped up and confirmed when you develop a friendship with him. When you are God's friend, when we are God's friend, he remembers us, right? I always like to use an example of my friend Ashley. You guys know Ashley? Yeah? Woo! Not me. The other Ashley. Black Ashley. That's her? Oh, Tiffany. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I know me. Um, Ashley, like she is a living personification of this statement. It's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Ashley has always had these crazy jobs. Like they pay her to live in her own house. I'm like, how did you get this job? <laughs> like I'm over here working 10 hours, making 750. She's getting paid to live in a house by herself. Then they're like, oh, we got, we're going to give you a car and put you on the insurance policy. I'm like, Ash, what's up? Like, how do you know? You know, and she always has these connections. And, you know, the first people that she always helps out are her friends, right? So sometimes in that BFF group chat, we'll get a chat. Hey, does anyone want tickets to Cirque du Soleil? I'm like, yeah, I've been wanting to go, like, for years. I have some extra tickets. Somebody donated them. I'm like, yeah, I want them. Does anybody want to go to the Heat game? Yeah, me. I want to do all of these things. And she always has these connections. And you know who the first people that she thinks of? Her friends, right? It's the same way with God. The first people that he thinks of when it's time to confirm and speed up his promises are his friends. He's like, oh, yeah, Abraham, I remember I promised you that you were going to have a child. By this time next year, your wife will have a son. Amen? Now, we, always, we see also that what is the greatest gift humanity has ever received? Do you guys know? It's like a sweet question. The Holy Spirit. Aw. Right? And Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. When he was here, he promised that he would send the Holy Spirit. Who were the first people to receive the Holy Spirit? The disciples, right? Jesus' circle, his friends, right? So Jesus, his promises, the promises of God come first to his friends. Amen? Number two, verse 16, it says... When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. And then the Lord said, shall I, listen to this part. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. Do you guys understand what's happening here? These men here that were visiting Jesus with the angels, the truth is that they weren't there to see Abraham, right? For those of you who don't know the story, there was a city 
nearby a couple of cities named Sodom and Gomorrah and they were filled with sin and wickedness and God was going to destroy them and so the Lord wasn't there to see Abraham God didn't say oh let me go visit Abraham he was on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah but because Abraham stopped them he saw them he's like wait 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 stop here I need to spend some time with you. Then when the men, Jesus and the angels, were getting ready to leave, you know what God said? He said, am I going to hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Right? So the second thing is that when you are God's friend, it gives you access to his secrets. It lets us in on God's secrets. Guys, I don't know if this is going to apply to you, but girls, who are the first people that you tell your secrets to, right? Like you find something out and you're like, oh, cool. And then you get in the car and you're like, girl, guess what? <laughs> right? Guys, I don't know how you guys talk. You're like, bro, what's up? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, <laughs> I don't really know. But um, your first people that you tell your secrets to are your friends, right? And that's what God did here. God had a plan and nobody knew about this plan. But God said in his heart, how can I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? How can I keep this? Have you ever had a secret and you're like, you feel guilty that you kept it from your friends, right? Because a secret's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a secret's like only a secret from certain people, right? You're like, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later, right? Like your friend's like, hey, what did they say? I'm like, tell you later right and then as soon as you're alone they call you hey what was it like no they said this you know right because you feel guilty when you keep secrets from your friends you're like man I gotta tell them this oh my gosh I haven't told them this right and that's how God was with Abraham God said you know what Abraham's my friend I have to tell him what I'm about to do and the first people that he shares his secrets with are his friends so if you want to know the secrets of God you have to become God's friend amen now the third thing that we see is in verse 22 and 23 it says then the men turned away towards Sodom but Abraham remained standing before the Lord and then Abraham approached him and said will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked what if there are 50 righteous people in the city Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Then the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And that's just an introduction, right? This is the introduction to a conversation that Abraham has with God. Have you ever felt like kind of scared to ask God stuff? Like you feel like you're being greedy? I don't know if this is just me, but sometimes I'm praying. I'm like, oh, I've been asking for too much stuff. I'm like, God, I don't want to like feel like I'm using you. Like, oh, God, please give me this and give me that, right? But here, Abraham, like he didn't hold back. And the third thing, the third benefit of being God's friend is that it allows us to be bold in the presence of God, right? So Abraham had 
this boldness with God. God told him, listen, I'm going to destroy this city. And Abraham was a little bit biased. Why? Because Abraham's nephew, Lot, lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. He had a nephew, and his nephew with all of his family lived in that city. And then God told him, hey, Abraham, I'm going to destroy that city. And Abraham's like, oh, no, my nephew's there with his family. And so he starts to bargain with God. He's like, God, but what if, you know, there's 50 people there that are righteous? Will you destroy the whole city? If that were me, I would be like, oh, God, do your will, you know? <laughs> but like... Here comes Abraham. Abraham's like, but God, but God, what if 50 people? And God's like, you know what? If I find 50 people, I'll spare them. And then Abraham's like, dang, I don't think there's 50 people <laughs> in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Like, you ever been to, like, South Beach or something? You look around and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what's happening, right? Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I live here in this world, you know? You see new things and people are, you're the only one that's freaked out. You're like, am I normal? Like, what's happening? I took a, this is like off topic, but I took my last semester of school. I took a class. It's called Feminist Jurisprudence. And I think, I thought I was going crazy. Like, I literally thought I was going crazy. Like, it's all about, like, proposing new laws that benefit women. And they would talk about the craziest things. And they thought it was good for women. I'm like, are you guys crazy? Like, one of them was like, we should legalize prostitution. I'm like, the teacher said it. And I was like ready to be like, oh, no, you know. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, am I the only person in this class that thinks this is crazy what they're saying? And I was the only person in the class that thought it was crazy what they were saying. Then they were talking about, that was, you know, when are you going to hear prostitution on stage? That was the lightest subject. I'm not even going to say the other ones. And I was the only one, like, what's happening? You know, like, these people are serious. They're crazy. And that's how Abraham thought. He was like, oh. He thought of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's like, man, I should have started with a lower number, you know? <laughs> so then he starts bargaining with God. He's like, God, but what about if there's 20? <laughs> and then he was, like, kind of, like, pushing, you know, like, when you're bargaining. And God's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but God, what about if there's 10, you know? And he starts, like, negotiating with God. Can you guys believe? Like, every time I read the story, I'm like, man, Abraham was, like, bold. Can you imagine negotiating with God? I don't even, like, I get embarrassed negotiating with people, you know? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I go buy a car, I'm going to negotiate. But how many of you guys are Colombian? Woo! Or from any other country in South America. Woo! So in Colombia, everything is up for bargain, right? You go to the grocery store, like, let me get it for 2000 which is like a dollar. And I'm like, what? The price tag says 3000 Like, And the guy at the supermarket is like, 2500 I'm like... <laughs> So I go out with my cousin and stuff in Colombia, and I'm, like, super embarrassed. I'm, like, gosh, just take the thing. It's a dollar, man. Like, you know. And then the more embarrassing part is that they come here, and they try to do the same thing here. <laughs> so, like, we go to, like, Target or something. They're, like, hey, let me get that for 10 They're, like, it says 19.99. <laughs> I'm, like, come on. And I'm, like, 
they don't do that here. You need to stop. Like, right? It's embarrassing. Like, what's the best you can do? Take it, man. This price. Like, and that's how Abraham was with God, negotiating with him, right? That's boldness, right? Sometimes if I even start negotiating and I see that it's going well, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'll take it, you know? But Abraham, he kept pushing. He kept pushing, right? He wasn't disrespectful, but he knew God so well that he knew the heart of God, right? He knew God's heart for people. He knew what God and his inclinations were, right? It's the same thing with your friends. You don't talk the same to your friends as you do to, like, people you just met. Hello, nice to meet you. No, right? Um, sometimes you receive letters, to whom it may concern. Do you write to your friends like that? No. You're like, hey, Ash, what's up? Right? Sometimes I don't even say what's up. I'm like, hey. And I just say what the point is of what I'm writing for, right? When you're writing a profile, to whom it may concern. Thank you kindly for your time, blah, 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 blah. Right? That's someone you don't know. When you're talking to your friends, you have a different level of confidence. And what's different is also when your friends talk to you, you let them talk to you a different way than someone that doesn't know you, right? Sometimes you do something, maybe you make a mistake, and someone that doesn't know you is like, oh, you should have done. I'm like, who, who do you think you are? And then your friend's like, hey. I'm like, yeah, you're right, yeah, you know? <laughs> right? There's a different level of trust, a different level of confidence. And that's what we see here with Abraham and with God, right? He had so much confidence that he could be bold in God's presence. Amen? Amen. Now, the last benefit that we get from being God's friend, it's not the last in life. It's just the last of my message. There are endless benefits of being God's friend. But what I want to focus on is in chapter 19. And before I read it, let me give you some context. The end of the negotiation was that there weren't that many righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. So God went. He's like, sorry, Abraham, you lost this one. There's no, there's no one. You're like, I can't think of anyone. And so God goes and he's going to bring destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sin that's in that place. And what does it say here? Chapter 19, verse 29. It says, So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham. And he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot was living. Amen? Amen. The last thing on my list that I want to talk about is that when you're a friend of God, it allows you to be part of moving his hand. You see, the truth is that Lot himself wasn't even part of the group of righteous people that God had to take into account to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. The truth is that if, if God would have looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, he wouldn't have thought twice about Lot. Because he lived there. We know that because in the Bible later on it tells us that he had the same habits of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. His daughters had similar habits of sin as the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. But what does the Bible say here? The Bible says that when God got ready to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, he remembered Abraham. And he rescued Lot and he rescued his family. Abraham was able to move the hand of God, right? To cause God to remember him, to save someone else, to save an entire family. 
And that's what happens with us too. When we're God's friends, God will move his hand in our favor, right? Friends have a lot of influence over each other. I know some of you, maybe like me, I'll be like, no, no, nobody influences me, right? Don't lie. Every person is able to be influenced. And our friends have a lot of influence over us. And it's the same way with your relationship with God, right? If, if you cry out and you're a friend of God, you can influence the way God moves his hand. You can influence the mercy he has over people in your life. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah? Amen, right? And so what do we see here? We see that these certain things that we have just studied, a lot of times you don't have to answer. This is a rhetorical question, but I think as Christians we've all had these moments. A lot of times we, um, we, we ask ourselves, God, why aren't you speaking to me, right? God, why aren't you doing the miracle in my life? God, why is it taking so long, right? Don't shake your head. Don't say anything. I know and you know that we've all had these moments. I've had these moments. Like, God, you promised me. We're like little kids, right? We're like, God, why? Why isn't it happening? Why? Why? You're like, sometimes you go to cell group and everybody's sharing about their week. And you're like, oh, God spoke to me. And you're like, what's happening? God, why aren't you speaking to me too? Everyone's like having a revelation, a rainbow word. And I'm here reading Proverbs. Like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> like the proverb of the day, <laughs> you know? What is happening, God? Why aren't you answering me? Where are you? Right? We have these moments. And the truth is, the Bible says this in the book of Job, that God does speak. Sometimes in visions, sometimes in dreams, now one way, now another. That's what the Bible says. But it's the heart of man that can't discern the voice of God. It's the heart of man that can't distinguish the voice of God. God is speaking. God is speaking, but sometimes we don't recognize God, right? Like Abraham, as soon as God showed up, he knew it was God. As soon as God, even was, he was out there far away. The Bible says that Abraham was sitting in his tent and he saw Jesus from far away and he knew right away it was Jesus. Sometimes God is speaking and we don't even know he's speaking because we're not his friend. We're just his acquaintance. Oh, hello, God, nice to meet you. We don't know him. And so God is speaking, God is moving, and we're missing it because we're not the friend of God, right? We're not God's friend. We have to become God's friend. That's my encouragement today. I'll give you guys one last example. I like to tell my daughter Zoe. You guys know Zoe? Yeah? She's the best, man. Sometimes she just makes me laugh. She does the funniest things. She's, she just turned three, and I, she thinks she's a teenager. She really does. And I, sometimes I'm like, baby, come here. I want to tell you a secret. And I'm like, I love right and then she's like mommy mommy I love the way she says secret she's like let me tell you a syrup she's like I love you I'm like baby that's not a secret 
you're not whispering, and I have to teach her how to say the secret, right? I'm like, let me tell you a secret. And she gets so excited that she forgets to whisper. And I'm like, baby, come. When you tell a secret, you have to say it so low because the point of a secret is that you don't want everyone to hear what you're saying, right? And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And then she's like, the next time she's like, doesn't whisper again. I'm like, baby, I don't think you're understanding what a secret is, right? And so a lot of times we don't understand that in order to know the secrets of God, we have to be listening very carefully. There's a preacher, he died. But I want you guys to listen to something he said. He said, God has secrets. And he wants to share them with you. But he doesn't shout his secrets. You have to get closer. Get closer. Get closer. Right? Like I started out with. If you're not in the circle... If you're not close to the circle, you don't know what's going on. God wants to share his secrets. He's like, hey, come here. God doesn't shout his secrets. He's not going to yell from far away. Be like, hey, Marcus, let me tell you what I'm about to do. No. God's secrets are whispered. They're whispered in intimacy, in closeness. And so the motivation today is that we have to be more than just acquaintances of God. Be someone who is God's friend. You want to know the secrets? Become his friend. You want to know the secrets? Be in the right circle. Doesn't matter what other circles you're part of. If you're not part of God's circle, you're not going to know what's going on. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.